My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. When Judas had left them, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and God will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. I give you a new commandment. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you also should love one another. This is how all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. What happens after we die? This was the headline that was trending Monday afternoon alongside pictures of none other than actor Keanu Reeves, the film star whose latest movie, John Wick Chapter 3, just opened this weekend. I'll be honest, I initially rolled my eyes and dismissed it, thinking that this is going to go down some new agey secular rabbit hole that I didn't even want to look into let alone start debating or discussing or fighting about with people online. But my, my damn ADD got the better of me and I hit the, the back arrow on the web browser to check out the story and there it was. Keanu Reeves was on The Late Show on CBS last week promoting his film and as the host Stephen Colbert often likes to do in these types of interviews, he'll just throw out a question that seems random and somewhat flippant to just get some sort of a dramatic response from his guests. And so Colbert asked Reeves, what happens after we die? Which was initially met with scattered laughter and amusement in the audience. And Reeves took a, a moment's pause and simply said, I know the ones who love us will miss us. And the audience awed and Colbert gently reached out to, to shake Reeves' hand, and you could tell that although the question was intended to be humorous, it very quickly turned into a, a deeply personal and intimate moment in what was a otherwise typical late-night TV interview. What many people don't know is that Reeves has faced tragedy throughout his career. The year that he became a, a global acting superstar was sadly right around the time when actor and his girlfriend Jennifer Syme lost their baby girl in a stillborn birth. And what's more, then two years later, Syme died in a tragic car accident just as Reeves was gearing up to promote his role in the sequel to The Matrix. And the tragedy hit him so hard that he kind of had to cancel some of his publicity for the movie. He retreated from the public spotlight just so that he could grieve in private. So in light of all this, his answer and the way in which he shared it made it so much more heart-wrenching, so much more personal and real. I know the ones who love us will miss us. Talking about death makes us uneasy and anxious. 
It brings up thoughts of loved ones that we've lost. And this is a, a feeling that we can completely relate to Reeves about, that we do indeed miss them. Death also calls to mind the people who we're worried about and perhaps are praying for right now, those who are facing illnesses, those that we're afraid of losing. Even as, as Christians whose faith centers around Jesus Christ being crucified and dying and rising from the dead, and who offers eternal life to those who believe in him and follow him, that central truth as to who we are, what we believe, why we're here every Sunday, is something that we almost effectively push to the side. We limit these thoughts and feelings to funerals, where we try to console ourselves temporarily with that belief. We might even share those sentiments with others in moments when they've lost someone that they've loved as a way of, of coming up with something to say in an incredibly difficult moment in which we really don't know what else to say or do. But do we truly believe this is the good news? Does it shape how we live our lives and our worldview? That Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. That eternal life, because of our belief in him, is possible for each and every one of us. And that that is our destiny. In the second reading that we heard from the book of Revelation, which is probably one of the books of the Bible the Catholics avoid the most because the language and tone are, are so difficult to understand. This book contains all the, the visions that St. John had several decades after the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus. And at this point in time, the church had been suffering some intense persecution. By then, all the apostles had been martyred except for John, who had been exiled. And so some Christians were, were confused. Shouldn't Jesus have returned already? Shouldn't the end time have happened? And all kinds of fears and doubts were surfacing more and more. Where was their victory over death and the grave as they're watching their loved ones being martyred for the faith? How could they gain assurance of eternal life? Sadly, there's been and there still are preachers who will, will manipulate the book of Revelation to, to cause fear in people by spreading all these doomsday prophecies and predictions using the verses to say, this is the end of the world, or these are the end times. But that's not what this is all about. John's visions were never intended to be seen as a, a type of a dire warning. On the contrary, he was pointing out that the battle against evil is ongoing that God will prove victorious, and that his victorious power continues to be at work right here, right now. And that was so beautifully described in that reading we heard tonight. Behold, God's dwelling is with the human race. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will always be with them as their God. He will wipe every tear from their eye, and there will be no more death, or mourning, wailing, or pain, for the old order has passed away. What this vision is saying is that the victory over death has already happened, although the outcomes of that victory have not yet fully been experienced here on earth. But it is happening here, and it's evolving. God is with us just as he promises in that one hopeful verse at the end of that scripture. Behold, I make all things new. 
It's a beautiful vision, and the words and sentiments provide us with comfort, but in the day-to-day struggles we face, we want more than just words, and we need more than just mere sentiments. We look for signs to back those promises up, don't we? Where do we find this newness? How do we find God among us? But Jesus answers those questions in the gospel. Love. That one short, simple but complex word. Jesus is telling us that what lies at the core and the heart of following him, what's essential in knowing God and having relationship with God, is all about love. That gospel passage was coming from the Last Supper. So Jesus knows what's about to happen to him. Jesus, uh, Judas has already left and is already on his way to arrange the betrayal, which is going to set into motion the, the passion and death of Christ. But in spite of that knowledge, Jesus' thoughts are, are far from his own well-being or what he's about to suffer. And despite the evil that's about to be unleashed, Jesus knows that This will be the battle in which the epic and eternal fight between good and evil and between life and death is finally going to go down and take place. And that he is to be glorified. He will allow that evil to take place out of his love for you and for me and for all humanity. He allows this ultimate of injustices to occur because God sees and knows the brokenness of our sinful world and our nature And he knows that the only way to ultimately conquer that is through love. And so he lovingly allows this to to unfold so that when Jesus is risen from the dead, it will be the ultimate affirmation that love is stronger than even death. That's why Keanu Reeves and any one of us who grieves or mourns and experiences the, the deep pain that arises when dealing with death, shouldn't see this as a sign of defeat or weakness. Those tears, the the sadness, they point to the power of love that we experience in missing someone who was close to us. And as final as death seems, and although the loss of an absence of someone can cause such an ache in our hearts, it demonstrates that love goes beyond death. It's stronger than that. And even beyond those painful experiences, we see the creative, active power of love in countless ways how it transforms our lives and the world around us. There was a married couple that I knew just a a few weeks ago and, and the wife was dying from cancer. But when you spoke to them separately, both were completely worried about the other. She was worried about her husband, he was worried about his wife, not themselves. That's love. When a parent finds the energy they didn't know they had to stay up with the sick toddler after racing to pick up the other kids from school and drop them off at practice and preparing dinner and getting their homework done, that's love. Or when a teacher comes to school early or stays late to help a student who needs help. Or when that cop encounters that homeless man on the street in the middle of winter and sees he's got no shoes and goes out and buys him a pair of boots. Or when the little kid insists on walking grandma to her car with her toy umbrella in the midst of the torrential rains that we had last week, 
even though the grandmother told her not to because she was going to get soaking wet anyway, and the girl did it anyway. That's love. And all these ways, the selfless love that the risen Christ commands us to embrace for one another is made real. And in all these and countless other ways, we're reminded and we experience glimpses of how Jesus puts aside his divinity and humbles himself by taking up the cross out of love that he has for us all. In all these ways, we see how love conquers death. And then we begin to come to the realization that the answer to what happens after we die is that we meet God, who is the perfection and the completion of love. May the truth that he makes all things new for us be seen in our renewing of his vision and in the mission that the risen Christ has entrusted us, his followers, with.